Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of Exodus, chapter 25. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. You know Jesus left the throne of glory, came to this wilderness called earth. Jesus came to the wilderness of the manger cradle. Jesus even spent time literally in the wilderness. You know that when he was tempted by the devil, Jesus lived a wilderness lifestyle. The Bible says that he had no place to lay his head. Had you ever thought about that? The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords had no place to lay his head. I mean, think about that. He denied himself of many things that we could inherit all things. He left his throne in glory that we could live with him in glory. The tabernacle was used in the wilderness and Jesus was in the wilderness of the earth. Point number three, the tabernacle had a humble outward appearance. The tabernacle had a humble outward appearance. I mean, the tabernacle is a picture of Jesus first coming. He came and he dwelt among men and there wasn't anything impressive about the tabernacle. And when you look in the life of Jesus and you look at Jesus, Isaiah tells us that there was no form, no comeliness where we should desire him. Did you know there wasn't really anything impressive about Jesus and his appearance? I mean, Jesus looked like an average guy, nothing impressive. I mean, Jesus didn't have a lot of glamour. Jesus had a very humble appearance. If Jesus lived today, I I don't think that he would have made it in the People magazine's 50 Most Beautiful People. I don't think he would have. Jesus was ordinary in appearance. He didn't stick out in the crowd. How do you know, Rodney? Don't you remember when Judas had to identify him with a kiss? Because he was so ordinary. There was nothing about Jesus' appearance that drew attention to himself. On the surface of the tabernacle, there was nothing impressive. But beneath the skins dwelt the Shekinah glory of God. Are you with me? And there was nothing impressive about Jesus. But beneath the skin, God was in that body. You understand? Jesus in the tabernacle. Point number four. The tabernacle was a dwelling place of God among men. The tabernacle was in the middle of the people as they camped around. And I'm going to tell you more about that in just a second. And in the Holy of Holies, the glory of God dwelt, as I told you, on the Day of Atonement. You know this if you've been around here at Calvary. On the Day of Atonement, the high priest would go into the tabernacle and pass by the outer courts into the holy place, into the Holy of Holies. And when he got into the Holy of Holies, 
God was in the presence of men. The Shekinah glory of God filled the room. No GE bulbs needed in the Holy of Holies. The glory of God filled the room. The tabernacle was the dwelling place of God among men. So although Jesus was literally the dwelling place of God among men, Matthew chapter 17, you know the story, the transfiguration, Jesus began to shine through in his humanity. Peter was blown away. Remember the story in Matthew chapter 17? Peter and and, uh, they're up on the Mount of Transfiguration and Peter, James and John are there. And Jesus began to shine through in all of his glory. and, And Peter just blurted out. He says, hey, Lord, it's good for us to be here. Let's build three tabernacles. Remember? And and, and Peter blurted that out for two reasons. Mark tells us, number one, that Peter didn't know what to say. So he just blurted it out. You know, somebody once said, if people think you're a fool, let them think it. But don't open your mouth and dispel all doubt. (laughs) It's so true. Peter didn't know what to say. They go, oh, let's just build three tabernacles, one for... You know, one for Elijah, one for Moses, one for Jesus, and let's all just stay here. You know the story. And then secondly, Peter blurted out because Peter saw firsthand the glory of God. That word glory is kabod, K-A-B-O-D, kabod. And that word in Hebrew literally means the weight or the heavy substance. Peter saw the weight or the heavy substance of God. You know, I believe before the fall of Adam and Eve, I believe they lived in the kabod, in the presence of God. But when they sinned, there was Ichabod. Ichabod literally means the glory of the Lord has departed. Ichabod. So the tabernacle was a dwelling place of God among men. Point number five. Are you still trekking with me? The tabernacle was the meeting place of God with men. Forty-four times, saints, listen, in the scriptures, 44 times the word tabernacle is also called the tent of meeting. It's where God met with man in the wilderness. It was in the Holy of Holies that God met with man. And if Israel wanted to meet with God, they had to draw near to the door of the tent. If Israel wanted to meet with God, they had to draw near to the door of the tent. John 14 tells us no man comes to the father, but by me. God has a way to be approached. Are you listening? And we don't get to choose the way in which we approach God. Did y'all hear me? We don't get to choose the way that we approach God. God tells us how we're to approach him and we obey. Some people want to try to meet God and approach God through different ways. Some people want to meet God through religion. Some people want to meet with God through going to church building. Amen. And some people try to meet with God through nature and the mountains and the waves. And some people try to meet with God through sex, drugs, rock and roll and Elvis. I don't know why, but they do. 
Some people try to meet with God through education and through good works. Listen, if you want to meet with God, you must meet with God through Jesus Christ. Isn't that true? That's what the Bible says. The tabernacle was the meeting place of God with men. Point number six, the tabernacle was the place where the priestly family was fed. The priestly family would eat of the sacrifices that were offered. Now, first Peter chapter two, the Lord calls us a royal and holy priesthood. Listen, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you are part of the priestly family. And because you are a part of the priestly family, we too eat in the presence of the Lord. We eat of the Lord. That's what communion is all about. Not only that, but Jesus said, I am the bread of life. You cannot be a healthy Christian if you're not eating at the tabernacle. Do you understand? Growing in the Lord, feeding off of the Lord. Having communion with the Lord. Don't you remember when Jesus said, as often as you do this, do this in remembrance of me. So the priestly family was fed in the tabernacle at the place of a tab at the tabernacle. There's a story of a man. Listen at this. A man called at the church, called the church, and he asked if he could speak to the head hog at the trough. Well, the secretary said, who? The man replied, well, I want to speak to the head hog at the trough. Well, well, sure, now that she heard it correctly, the secretary said, sir, if you mean our pastor, you would have to treat him with more respect and ask for the reverend or the pastor. But certainly you cannot refer to him as the head hog at the trough. Well, at this, the man came back. Oh, I see. Well, you know, I have $20,000 I was thinking about donating to the building fund. The secretary said, hold on. I think the big pig just walked in. <laughs> that has nothing to do with my point. I just thought I would inter interject that there. I just, it's a good story. The tabernacle, point number six, was a place where the priestly family was fed. And then finally, saints, listen, the tabernacle, point number seven, was the center of Israel's camp. And listen, if you're taking notes, you write this down. And it configured in a cross. The center of Israel's camp configured in a cross. Now, keep in mind the tabernacle was in the center of the camp of Israel. The tabernacle was the great place of gathering center. Now, in Numbers chapter 1 and 2, you go look this up in your own time. In Numbers chapters 1 and 2, God told the people to camp in a specific order. I was just reading this before I came out here tonight. To camp out in a specific order. Mind you, are you with me? You're still listening. The tabernacle's in the middle. God tells the people, I want you to camp out around the tabernacle in a specific order. So as they move the portable tabernacle, they would need to tear down and set up, tear down and set up the same way every time. So God said, first of all, I want the Levites to be the closest to the tabernacle. The Levites are what tribe? 
Okay, I'll tell you. The priestly tribe. Don't forget it. I'll ask you again. There's a test. The Levites are the priestly tribe. Now get this. The Levites were to surround the tabernacle on the north, south, east, and west. The Levites, as I said, were the priestly tribes. And then all the other tribes surrounded them as well on the north, south, east, and west. These were God's servants, these Levites. And they needed to camp closest to the glory of the Lord. Now, in Numbers chapter 2, and I want you to go read this in your own time because we don't have time to turn there tonight. But in Numbers chapter 2, it goes on to say, on each of the four sides, north, south, east, and west, there were to be three tribes. On the east side is the camp of Judah. Along with Judah were two other tribes, Issachar and Zebulun. And they were to camp under the ensign or under their flag symbol, which was a lion, the lion of the tribe of Judah. Are you with me? Revelation chapter five, Jesus is called the lion of the tribe of Judah. Now, listen, why was Judah to be on the east side? Jesus is called the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Why is Judah to be on the east side? Because, listen, when Jesus comes again, he won't be coming back as a suffering servant. The Bible says he's going to come back as a conquering king to rule and to reign in power and in glory. And when he returns, he's going to come from the east and he's going to go through the east gate. Don't y'all get that? Judah's on the east side. Then on the west side, are you listening, is the camp of Ephraim. And along with Ephraim are Manasseh and Benjamin. And they are numbered 108,100 according to Numbers chapter 2. And the symbol of Ephraim was the ox or the banner or the ensign was the ox. And then on the south side is the camp of Reuben. And along with Reuben is Simeon and Gad, and they are numbered 151,400. And the symbol or the ensign or the flag of Reuben and Simeon was the face of a man. And then on the north side is the camp of Dan. And along with Dan is Naphtila and Asher, and they are numbered 157,600. And the symbol of Dan was the eagle. Now get this. The largest number of the people camped were on the east side and the smallest number of the people camped were on the west side and an almost an equal number of people on the north and the south side. So if you were in a plane and you got an aerial view of the tabernacle and the tribes of Israel gathered around the tabernacle. If you were looking down on it, you know what you would see? A cross. God is awesome. You would see the form of a cross. So everywhere they went, are you getting this? As they travel and tabernacled. Every place they tore down, they set up. They tore down, they set up. They tore down, they set up. Every time they set up, they would have to form a cross. Each time that they tore down. Now you say, okay, Rodney, so what? So what? Well, here's so what. Numbers chapter 23. I know I'm giving you a lot, but you got to get this. Numbers chapter 23 and 24. You read this in your own time. You're probably familiar with it. We have the prophet Balaam. 
who was hired by Balak. You know the story? And he was hired by Balak to put a curse on Israel. So then, listen, give me your attention. He goes up on this mountain so he can look down on God's people and, 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 and look down on the camp below. And, and, and he's ready to blast them with a curse. But instead of cursing them, don't you know the story? He blesses them. Every time he tries to curse God's people, I bless you in the name of Jesus. <laughs> you wonderful people of God. <laughs> Every time he tries to curse them, he blesses them. And as he is looking down, here's my point. As he's looking down on the people, they tear down, they set up, they tear down, they set up. And every time they set up, they form a what? Therefore, every time he looks down on the people, what does he see? Thank you. Isn't that great? And that's why he couldn't curse them. Because you can't curse the cross. You see, he would see the cross. And he would see this, this, this form of the cross and the people. And, 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 and what does that tell us? What does that teach us? Listen, the cross, here's the principle. And you might want to write this down. Here's the principle. The cross cancels the curse. The cross cancels the curse. Which brings me to another point. God's people cannot be cursed. You don't have that to worry about if you're a Christian, people, believe it or not, we still do live in a day and age where people worry about whether people can curse them or not. And I'm like, well, Pastor Ronnie, can they curse me? Well, are you a Christian? No. Well, yeah, they can. <laughs> yeah, I guess they can. I mean, anything can happen if you're not a Christian. Look, man, you open. You wide open. Well, better than can they curse me? You're a Christian? Yeah. You love Jesus? Yeah. Got the presence of God in your life? Yeah. Got the oil of the Holy Spirit in your life? The light of God, the kind of glory of God living within you. You are the temple of the living God? Yeah. Well, they can't curse you. Why? Because the cross cancels the curse. You can't be cursed and blessed at the same time. Read your Bible. You cannot be cursed and blessed at the same time. That's why I'm so happy I'm a Christian. I don't worry about people and what they don't like and they're going to curse me. I don't have to worry about it. You can't, you, you find yourself blessing me. You might curse yourself. <laughs> don't mess around. You might get hurt. <laughs> the cross cancels a curse. Say amen, saints. So Jesus, the tabernacle of God, dwelling among men, the gathering center for, for men. Jesus is the gathering center. Jesus is the center of Israel's camp. And listen, Jesus, are you listening, is the center of our camp. Do you realize, well, matter of fact, in the book of Revelation, you just fast forward, you can see the lampstand in the midst of the churches. Jesus, uh, with his people, search the scripture. He's always in the midst of his. He's not standing in the corner. 
letting everybody do what they want. He's, he's in the midst with the Holy Spirit saying, this is how I work. He's in the midst of people. Jesus was in the midst of the camp of Israel and Jesus is in the midst of our camp. And all the people gather around the cross and all the people gather around Jesus. And I tell you that to tell you this, the reason why we gather here at Calvary Chapel tonight on Wednesday evening, you could be home watching American Idol. (laughs) But you're not. Don't hate. But you're here. Why? Because we gather around Jesus. Listen, the reason we are here is because of Jesus and nothing else. And nothing else. I'm going to wait. Y'all need to clap there. That's true. And I'll tell you this. And I'm coming in for a landing. I'll tell you this. If it wasn't for Jesus, there'd be no reason to be here. If it wasn't for Jesus... You wouldn't want to know me. I've told you that before. You wouldn't want to know me. If I wasn't a Christian, y'all would not want to know me. If it wasn't for Jesus, you wouldn't want to know me. And if it wasn't for Jesus, I certainly wouldn't want to know you. I mean, think about it. I think about it like, oh, what do we have in common? Come on, let's just keep it real. What do we have in common? Look, people, open your eyes and look around. There is a room full of people in here from every age group, every walk of life, every ethnicity, every state probably in the United States. (laughs) What in the world... Do you have in if you're from Montana, what do you have in common with somebody from New York? What do you have in common with somebody from North Carolina? Look, South Carolinians and North Carolinians ain't got nothing in common. <laughs> you understand? What do we have in common? Nothing except Jesus. We gather. Jesus is in the center of the camp. That's my point. And if it weren't for Jesus, there'd be no reason to gather. But because of Jesus, there's every reason to gather. And when we gather around Jesus, well, then your ethnicity or your state or your income bracket or what you claim on your taxes, who you are, who you think you are, who cares? (laughs) It ain't about you. This all ain't about you. Nobody doesn't really care who you are, where you're from, how much you have, how much you don't have, what you drive, where you live. Who cares? We only care that you know Jesus. We only care that Jesus is in the midst. And when we come together, we all focus on him. That's why we worship. That's why we stay in the Bible, because we focus on him. We don't come together to have a social club and talk about us. Nothing impressive about us. There's everything impressive about our Lord. And we gather around him. Don't you understand? He's in our midst. That's why we gather here at Calvary. And I think, I think if I should be so bold to say, I, I, I think that is the core and, if you will, the success of this church. I, I really do. I think it's because 
we gather around the word in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. So we gather around the word, we gather around Jesus. And because we gather around the word, we gather around Jesus. Then, then all the focus is on him. And God's always going to bless that trust. God's always going to bless that. Cause he said, if I be lifted up, I will draw. And in the Greek language, all means, and that's all. Jesus in the tabernacle. Get ready. We go for a ride. As we learn, as we view, as we see Jesus in the volume of the book. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccary.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.